this morning we are starting, well not we're starting a new series, we're just going on a bit of a random tangent. We're going to talk a bit about beyond and about going outside ourselves. So I might pray before we start and then we'll just get straight into the message. Oh Lord God, I thank you that you speak to every aspect of our lives. I thank you that you go deep and do deep work in us. And Lord, that you call us to go out and do deep work elsewhere. Lord, I pray that this message is completely your word, ordained and appointed by you, Lord. That it goes into the hearts of each and every one that hears it and transforms their lives forever. In your name, amen. Amen. Special welcome to anyone watching online. We are so happy to have you as part of the family. Um, it's very special having family in the room and family online. And hey, if you didn't know, guys, we actually have a podcast now. We've done three weeks so far of our podcast. So if you're watching back, um, you can now listen back. You can throw it on in the car or while you're going for a walk or a run so you can catch up on what we've been through in the previous week. So that's a really cool, easy way of catching up. So, 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 so. Beyond. This wasn't planned. This was very random. Brad said, well, Brad and I planned the, the series or the calendar, and this was a do-whatever-you-feel week. And God really said, we're going beyond. So I'll get you to stand to your feet with me. We're going to honour the Word of God. Isn't God worthy of our honour and our praise? We're reading from Matthew 25, starting at verse 31. This is titled The Sheep and the Goats, which is a little bit random, but it makes sense in context, I guess. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, they will sit on his glorious throne and all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. And then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in? Or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go and visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. And they will also answer, 
Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? And he will reply, truly I tell you, whenever you did not do one of, the, one of these for the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but to the righteous to eternal life. Amen. Please grab your seats. So we use the word beyond when we're talking about evangelism, when we're talking about going out from this place, beyond our doors, which is like within our own community. Just open your front door and there you are. And then beyond our walls, when you think of an ancient city was built with a wall around it, we're talking about beyond the city limits, beyond Port Hedland, beyond wherever you are if you're watching online. And then beyond our shores, going overseas, beyond Australia. It's needs-based evangelism. So meeting needs and showing the love of Jesus. Not shoving Jesus down people's throats. It's loving them the way Jesus loves them. Over the years, this church has done so many programs and events and reached out in so many incredible ways. Just some of them are our playgroup, um, Headland Carols, We've been on mission trips to Thailand, Cambodia, Bali. Um, There's probably more that I don't know of. There have been countless fundraisers, one of which was the Princess Project Dinner and then Gala Ball. Um, Helping former congregation members who were teachers out in a remote community, we went out there and we helped them to clean and tidy up and pack up for this beautiful little remote school. Um, Now we're using Containers for Change as a fundraiser. We support the soup kitchen in town and we're collecting pantry items for the mini-mart. Over many years, the small things that we've done have made an amazing impact. The last few years, we haven't done so much on the ground. You know, COVID and whatnot, the planned mission trips went down the toilet pretty quickly. But we have still contributed financially, even through the times where we weren't sure, you know, was everyone going to stop tithing because they lost their jobs in COVID? Doesn't matter. We're going to keep supporting because this is something that God has given us to do. The need that we have can leave us, that, that is, sorry, the need of the world can leave us feeling really overwhelmed and powerless. There is so much to do. There is so much need in this world. And sometimes financially you just think, There's nothing I can do. I haven't got enough to sort out my own family, let alone something else. Or I can't just go overseas on a mission trip. I haven't got that kind of money. Or maybe it's like, look, my week is flat out. I do not have time to serve in a soup kitchen. And maybe maybe you've got the perception that mission trips are only overseas. The only mission field is overseas. That's not something that you can do here and now. So I want to explore some of that today, see what God says about beyond and meeting needs and evangelism. And I'm going to start at Matthew 28, verse 18, the Great Commission, where Jesus sent us out, sent his disciples out. Starting at verse 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, 
and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So he talks about disciples. What's a disciple? A disciple is a follower of Jesus. And how do we make disciples? We teach them about Jesus. This works with our own stories. That song we just sang, my testimony, my story, the the truth I have to tell about Jesus. That is what is powerful. And of course, this incredible thing here, the Bible. But of course, to teach anyone anything, it has to start with relationship. I love the promise that Jesus gives at the end. If you do this, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Love that. So how can you know if you are a disciple or if someone else is a disciple? What is the indicator of a disciple? Jesus told us that in John 13. A new command I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That is how the world knows that you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, by the way you love one another, by the way we take care of our family, our family here, our family globally, not just your blood relatives or your family unit. This, the body of Christ, the church family, fellow disciples. It's true care. It's real relationship. And I know we've touched on this in previous series. The biblical definition, or sorry, biblical disciples shared everything. They sold what they had and put the money in the pot. Any food they had went into the communal food. It was real deep life together. And that's not practical for our culture and our context. But the depth of relationship is still applicable. We need to do life together. We need to form those deep relationships and love one another truly and deeply. But it doesn't stop there. In Luke 6, Jesus says, if you love those who love you, what credit is it to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who love you, sorry, do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners Even sinners do that. And if you lend from those whom you expect repayment, what credit is it to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies. Do good to them and lend to them without expecting anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be the children of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. And that's really challenging. I'm not going to lie. That is way outside our comfort zone. That is not go to where the people are nice. That is not go to where it is comfortable. That is put yourself on the line in the name of Jesus. Love those who love you. We need to love each other. That is the sign. But that's not the end. We need to go beyond that and love the unlovely. Love those who would happily kill us. Don't put yourself in mortal danger just because of this sermon. Like, talk to God before you do anything crazy. This is not, please, disclaimer. 
You know, you are no earthly good if you're dead. Yes, if you are killed doing work for Jesus, that is honourable. However, if you stay alive, just like Pastor Brad was talking about last week, was it Paul, Paul in jail, he was like, I'm actually more good to you on earth. I would love to be up there with Jesus, but I'm more good on earth. You also, at this point, are more good on earth. You can do work on earth. So that's... Go to where the people are horrible, but don't put yourself in danger because you've still got work to do, all right? Yeah, okay. Amen. (laughs) Amen. And the story we started with, the powerful story about the sheep and the goats, so much powerful language in that. The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters, you did for me. So where we go out and where we love, Jesus receives that as if it was him there. He receives each act of love that is unseen by anyone else. He sees it and he loves it and he, oh my word, what does it say at the end of that bit? Those who didn't do it will go away to eternal punishment but the righteous to eternal life. That's a big deal. You don't want to be with the goats. We want to be with the sheep. Eternal life or eternal punishment. That's a pretty, pretty enormous decision right there. God loves every single one of his children individually, uniquely and completely. Regardless of their wealth, regardless of their lifestyle and regardless of whether they actually love him back. These children that swear and curse, when I say children I mean adults as well, God's children, who spend every single breath they have cursing Jesus. He loves them still. He loves them completely. He still wants them to be redeemed. He still wants us to go and speak to them and share our testimony and love them. Because love can change anything. The love of God can change anything. When the consequences are that plain... It really, it really makes you think. So we need to feed the hungry and pray for the persecuted. And I know we could be a move of God. But more important than the physical needs is the spiritual needs. We all know that, right? Your physical needs are important, but the spiritual needs are what matter. That's, that's the eternal damnation or eternal life. No one is going to accept your spiritual advice when you go in cold, when you have no relationship. And that is where this needs-based approach is so important. We need to go in with love and help these people and prove that we are the hands and feet of Jesus. And then when they ask about Jesus, you go, oh, well. Or they ask, you know, why are you even doing this? Or why are you helping me? Or why are you always happy? Or what's going on with you? You're so bubbly. You say, oh, I have Jesus. Let me tell you. But don't, don't start with that. People just need your help. People just need your love. God's pretty clear. He gives us passage after passage commanding us to go out and love. Help the least of these. Be a disciple. Feed the hungry. And 
just like the disciples. Not everyone is called to go out and feed the hungry and not everyone is called to go out and preach. If you'd like to preach, let me know. We can put you on the list. We can give you a try. If you want to preach, let me know. But not everyone is called to. Not everyone is called to go out and be on the ground. There are so many different ways that God has gifted us. The mission field, is it Bali? Is it Cambodia? Is it Thailand? It is your home, your household. If your family members are not Christian, then you have a mission field right inside your house. If your extended family are not Christian, you have a mission field right inside your family. You have a mission field in your workplace, in your school, in your mother's group, at your men's shed, in the community, in in other communities, in prisons, in hospitals, and yes, interstate and international, going and helping with flood relief, going and helping with the fires, that is ways that we can go beyond ourselves. We donated money at the beginning of this year to the Ukraine for their war and to New South Wales for the floods. These are ways that we go beyond, but it's not just the big stuff. So first, something that we need to do is to give time. If your mission field is at home, you can give time by being present, by being an image of Jesus, by being loving, by being kind, by taking a breath before you lose your temper. Okay, it's not actually that bad. At work, you can give time by being kind and generous, hearing out a conversation. If someone just needs a moment, be the light of Jesus in your workplace. Give people a little bit of time. You can give time For example, at the soup kitchen, you can give the love of Jesus to strangers, people who haven't eaten for a while or might not have eaten well, and just smile and just be there. You don't have to preach. You don't even really have to say anything. You just have to be kind, be loving. We can volunteer for local organisations who help those in need, different places in this community. And here within the church, we can volunteer for mission and beyond fundraisers and events. We've got carols coming up. Um, We've got containers for change that get taken out to the depot. There's little things that we can do. And I'm sure as time goes on, there'll be more things that we do as, you know, Bali's invited us back for a mission trip next year. So there'll be lots of fundraising going on with that if that goes ahead. Secondly... We need to give skills. You are gifted in some way or other. There are gifts on your life. So this might look like busy bees. It might look like going to someone's house and mowing their lawn because you know that they are not going to get to it in the next six months and they just need a break. And that's how you can show the love of Jesus. It might be doing little handyman jobs. It might be going to a friend's house and redoing their whole backyard like the Connect Group did a few years ago. Whole backyard renovation while they were out of town. And that was a true act act of love. What is that? Um, You can bless your co-workers, you can bless your friends. And then there's mission trips. In Cambodia, um, I remember the guys coming back telling a story about how they built a house, but was it little grandma, little nana? Little grandma. 
And so this little old lady had been living in a little, like a piece of tin against a fence or something. And for the first time, she had a house, a proper house, and it was built by volunteers, and it would not pass cyclone rating. It would not pass any Australian code. But you know what? That woman had a house. She had somewhere to live for the first time in a long time. And, you know, Sarah, how skilled are you as a builder? But you helped build a house, right? And looked after children so other people go, hey, man, hey, childcare. Childcare is a skill. Being able to look after someone's children so that they can get through, that is a skill that goes beyond. Then there's this building. We've had so many people help us to make this a safe and welcoming environment. And there's always other things to do. And volunteering here, giving your skills here, is also going beyond because if people don't feel welcome to come in, then we can't reach people. If people feel unsafe or uncomfortable, then they're not going to come into God's house. Third, we can give of our finances. Our church is very, very proud or pleased, overjoyed, whatever the right word is, that we can give 5% of our budget. We budget every year. 5% leaves this church and goes elsewhere to help other people. We give to Bali Life Foundation where they get children off the streets, put them through school. They get mums trained in trade skills so that they can sew or weave or whatever so that they can earn an income for the first time. They support a school that's in the middle of a rubbish tip because there's a community there. Hundreds of people live in the centre of this stinking rubbish tip because they collect the rubbish to make money. And so they built a school there and they've got a playground there. And we send money there every single month, or quarterly, I think it is actually. We send money there quarterly so that we can support the work that they are doing. And we didn't stop that during COVID, even when most of their other income dropped off. And that was such a blessing from them. You may recall the videos from Peter, just how much of a blessing that was. We also support an organisation called Christians Against Poverty, which helps... Um, get people from a place of deep despair and debt where debt collectors are ringing and these people are in a really dire emotional place and take them through to a place where they're managing their own money and their debts are paid off and they're stable and functioning again and there is an enormous ministry in that and we're so blessed to be able to contribute to that Um, and it's not just there is a budgeting course that is for people who just need a little help with their money. Like, I've done the budgeting course and we've never been very poorly off. We're very blessed. And I mentioned before, um, the floods and the Ukraine, giving out of our finances. So that's money that the church has budgeted that we give out 5% of our annual income every single year. But we also have um, an additional beyond giving Can I get that screen up, please? So there's the bank details. If you wanted to give of your finances, if you wanted to specifically give to beyond, to outside of this church, to Bali Life or to CAP or to whatever we are doing within our community, you put the reference beyond or B when you do your bank transfer. It's the same same bank account as tithes. Same bank account as the bookshop, same bank account as cafe, just a different reference. So that 
income allows us to bless the community more. So I'd encourage you, if that's the way that God calls you to serve, calls you to go beyond, that is definitely a really good way of doing that. We also, as far as finances go, um, we do containers for change. So 10 cents for every bottle or can that comes in. That's 1,000 Indonesian rupiah. It's about 30 bottles for a meal in Indonesia, according to a tourist website. Um, so 30 bottles, that's like a carton of water and a couple of extras, and you fed someone. And if they're bottles you're using anyway, if we throw them in the bins here and we can give that money on, it does so much more good for them there than us here. But when you think about 30 bottles for a meal, you can see why it's a lot of work for those in Indonesia who collect rubbish to make income. They collect kilos and kilos. They spend the whole day collecting rubbish to be able to feed their family. And I'm pretty sure they don't get 10 cents a bottle like we. We are very blessed to get 10 cents a bottle because we are very rich, lazy Australians who need 10 cents to be able to pick rubbish off the ground, apparently. Um, but, you know, this is such a small thing we can do. Put them in a bag, bring them to church, tip them in the green bin, done. And yet we can change lives and eternities through something so simple. And then we've got the little basket by the front door for the mini-mart. Non-perishable items, pantry items, we collect and we take to the mini-mart. And the mini-mart sells them on to people who are less fortunate um, at a very affordable rate because everything's donated. Is it free? It's not free, is it? No, it's very, very affordable. So if you can afford $2 for an extra can of baked beans or $0.80 cents for an extra can of tin tomatoes and throw them in there, that is a very, very affordable way to go beyond with your finances. And then I think something we can all do, something that is so important, is to pray. Intercession, interceding, is praying on behalf of others. And I think that is something that we all desperately need to do when we go beyond. We pray for those in need. We pray for those who don't know Jesus. We don't know their problems, but God does. So you just raise it, Lord, the people who don't know you, the people in this particular area that don't know you, the people in my workplace that don't know you, Lord, you know their needs, you know their hearts. Help. Help, God, help. God listens to help. He, he understands whether you've got a beautifully formed prayer or just a random cry. He knows your heart. We need to pray for those who give of their time and skills. Lord, give them the energy. Give them the expertise. Give them the tools. Give them the space. Give them the time. Get them there. You know, all of the things. Lord, bring the funding through so that they can go and use their skills. Provide the tools that they need. And when they go into other countries, Lord, keep them safe. Even this country. We pray for the finances given to be used. Lord, the money that comes in, multiply it. Help the people to be good stewards. Send it out where it's needed most, Lord. Let it be the most effective use of the finances that could possibly be. 
And then we need to pray for our own hearts. Lord, how are you calling me to go beyond in this season? Are you calling to me to give of my finances? Are you calling me to give of my time? Lord, are you calling me to give of my skills? What skills, Lord? Show me what I can do. Show me where I can go. Lord, help me to give with a joyful heart. Help me to see the people that need me so that I can feed them and clothe them and give them a drink and visit them in hospital or prison so that I don't end up with the goats, Lord. There are so many ways that we can give beyond, no matter what we have, and it is all about our heart. I don't want anyone to feel compelled this morning, forced, forced hand. I want your heart to be so open and so willing because of something that God has done. And I promise you, you are unlikely to feel like you've got it all sorted to that point. I will start giving when I am here. At this place where I've got it all together, that's where I'm giving and I'm going to give this much and it's going to be so good. This place here, it moves. The better off you do, the further away it gets. I'm calling you to do now what God is calling you to do now. It doesn't have to be big. It just has to be the right heart. This season is the season to start. It's okay to be generous from wherever you are. The evidence of God working in us is the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When God is working in you, these things are coming out of you. Love and joy and peace and kindness and faithfulness and goodness and gentleness and self-control and patience. These are things that we need on the mission field. And they're pretty powerful evangelistic tools. People are actually drawn to people with this tra these traits. If you are lovely, people want to be near you. If you are joyful or peaceful, who loves peace, man? The peace of God pouring off you. If you find a peaceful person, you just want to sit with them and be in that peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. People are drawn to these things. They are such incredible evangelistic tools because they build relationship. So we are repeatedly called, commanded, and charged by Jesus. We were only reading from Jesus' words from the Gospels this morning. Jesus is calling us personally to go, to be love, to serve others, to be kind. And our small decisions can make a big impact. Whatever small resources you have are so big, powerful, and far-reaching in God's hands. There will be people who get to heaven or get to the last day and they'll say, why didn't anyone tell me that Jesus loved me? Why didn't anyone tell me that he loved me? I knew he was there, but I didn't know he loved me. I've heard stories of people who have come to Christ now, people who went to religious schools and had Christian co-workers and they were converted they, they had a relationship with Jesus later in their life and they said, why didn't anyone tell me sooner? 
I went to a Christian school or a Catholic school or whatever, and, and I knew my co-workers went to church, but no one told me that Jesus loved me. Instead, I want to hear a chorus in heaven. I'm here because my co-worker cared enough to tell me about Jesus' love. I'm here because someone gave me a blanket and told me their story. I didn't have to live on the streets anymore and I went to school and I met people and they loved me and they told me about Jesus and the love of Jesus and that's why I'm here. The people who paid for my school were sent by God. Imagine the people's eternities who can be transformed, eternities forever and ever and ever, can be transformed by our decisions. Imagine them rushing up and greeting you in heaven and thanking you for your generosity. People you've never met know that they're in heaven because of you. Co-workers who only met Jesus through your care and family members who might have accepted Jesus on their deathbed, but you've been praying for 30 years. And they say, oh, thank you for never giving up on me. The power of what you choose to do is enormous. And remember, Jesus promises that he will be with us to the end of the age. We're not doing any of this on our own. Jesus is with us. So on that note, I just want to tell you today that Jesus loves you personally and deeply and completely, no matter where you're at. If you've never heard or understood that before, it's a truth that will stand forever. God loves you, he made you, he chose you, and he wants the best for you. He put us here to help you to get to know him, to show you his love and to help you grow on your journey. Jesus gave the ultimate sacrifice, his life, to meet our need. Because as humans, we could never be holy on our own. And if we're not holy, we can't be with God. If we accept his gift and say yes to Jesus, we are made holy and pure and whole. And if you would like to make that decision today for the first time, we'll say a prayer together in a moment. And if you've walked away from God, but you want to come back, you want to say yes then please join in this prayer. And if you'd like to be sure, just make sure that you're going to heaven. I assure you, once you've made this decision, once you say yes to Jesus and you put one foot in front of the other each and every day to become more like Jesus, to get to know him, to be deeper in relationship with him, then I assure you, you are headed to heaven. So I get you to stand to your feet now. And I get everyone to, to close their eyes. And if that's something you would like to decide this morning, to declare this morning, I'd love you to raise your hands. No one's watching. This is between you and God. He loves you so completely. If you're online and you're praying this prayer for the first time, making this decision, I'd love for you to send us a message or drop a comment in the chat. And just let us know so we can help you on this journey. We're going to pray a prayer now. Please repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. 
I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and my Saviour. In your name, amen. Hey, another part of the Great Commission was baptising them in the name of Jesus, the name of the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. So if you made that decision today, I would love for you to reach out and come and see me or Pastor Brad or go and let the girls know at the info bar because we would love to baptise you at our next round of baptisms and give you the opportunity to publicly declare your faith. So church, let's give a massive round of applause for anyone who made that decision today, whether they're in the room or online. It is the best decision that you'll ever make. Hey, thank you so much for watching. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a thing from our channel. And share with a friend because you never know who you're going to bless. You can also catch us live every Sunday morning at 9.30am Australian Western Standard Time. We'd love to see you there.